I uh, want to be a clogger. Hopefully <laughs> it wasn't a drunk lady. She abandoned me. Yep. I mean, I always had like a longing or, you know, was felt like I was missing something. I didn't forget about Che Myunja. And I think about her often. The most important factor to a healthy well-being is feeling connected. Welcome to From There to Here, a safe place where we will explore some of life's adventures so that you do not feel alone. Hi, all you podcast listeners. It's Monday and your hosts Jess and Shannon are here. We are going to share what's bringing us joy during our Heart Lens segment. Jess, what it's bringing you joy today? It's simple for me today. It's yoga. (laughs) I got myself there even though it was kind of hard this morning, but I'm so glad I went. I can just feel any stuck energy moving out of me and I know my body needs it. (laughs) My body, my heart, my soul, all of it, my mind. I like that you're listening to what your body is needing and telling you it needs. (laughs) Good job. What's in your heart lens, Shannon? <laughs> um, I just have to thank and give a huge shout out to our daycare provider. Um, we got lucky with her. She just is our, she's actually our neighbor. So she lives right across the street. So it's so nice. We just walk the boys over there in the morning and she picks up Brielle from her drama camp. And yesterday, I was stuck in a really big traffic jam and I had to call her and ask her to take Brielle to gymnastics. And oh she just gosh, does she all it. this. Yes. She wow. just is like and so. she didn't charge you an extra $3 million. Right. She's like my extra arm. That's amazing. She's, yeah. She definitely is like a second mom to my kids. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The universe <laughs> for bringing us to Nicole. And Nicole, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do for my family. <laughs> She is amazing. Yes. I've gotten to meet her. <laughs> we have a guest with us here today. Laura, what is in your heart lens? Um, I get to see my cousin after, since 2006 was the wow. last time I saw him. It's my wow. third cousin, but um, we're reconnecting at the Oshkosh Fly Show. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, going yeah, on fun. this week, yeah. And then going to be spending time with my um, aunt and uncle and my cousins, in Plymouth, Wisconsin, um, there's a like Holland Fest nearby, cool. and um, my aunt is from Holland, so the little mini, the little grandkids and stuff mm-hmm. are going to be clogging in the parade. I uh, want to be a clogger. Oh. I've always wanted to be a clogger. Every time I see them in the parades, they always give out like the flyers for like free. They have <laughs> adult like, dance <laughs> yes. classes. I don't know if they have adult well, clogging, but yes, they that's what I do. see. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing in like the Fourth of July parade or like my hometown yeah. festival parade. It's just like on my bucket list. But I really don't want to clog in the summer in the parades. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's but that's what that's what your are they your nieces? Um, nephews? They're my cousins. Cousins. Okay daughters so okay like my third yeah. cousin okay too. Mm-hmm. so yeah <gasps> okay oh, well while you're watching them tell them i'm jealous and i want to learn i'll take some <laughs> yeah. pictures <Yes. laughs> yes um on facebook emily responded to what is in her heart lens she said that she has been feeling very grateful lately to have such good daycare for peyton they're so hard to find and get into around our 
our town and she's blessed to have a great learning environment for her. Thank you, Emily. And if you want to share your personal heart lens with us, we welcome you to leave a comment on our Facebook page or Instagram, or you could email us at podcast from there to here at Gmail. And we will love reading all of your joys during our upcoming episodes. We have a guest with us here today. Laura, and she is here to share with us a post-adoption journey. We feel like it is important to hear from many different perspectives, but also multiple people within the same perspective, because of course, we're all individuals here and all of us are experiencing life in different ways and adoptees may experience adoption in various <laughs> ways, right? Well, especially because so, there's just so many different closed adoption, open adoption, adopted from internationally Ameri- yes. or United <laughs> States or foster and then adopted. So many different stories. Yes, there's lots of ways that adoption can be a part of your life. Yes. Um, and back in a previous episode, Shannon and I were talking about complicated losses, episode 14. We posed this question that Shannon and I could not answer. And it was about um, this sense of loss for an adoptee. Is there a sense of loss? And really, my when I questioned that, it's bigger than just a birth mother. It's, is there a sense of loss regarding like this whole life or family that you would have had. So Laura is here and she joins us to not only share her story of an international adoption, but then also to help us answer that question. And to get started, we thought Laura could start by just telling us a little bit about how the international adoption came to be. Want to start with that, Laura? Sure. The international adoption, I was um, of South Korea where I was born. Uh, Children were initially uh, started due to a large number of orphaned mixed children from the Korean War after 1953, but later included orphaned Korean children. Wow. Okay. So I don't know, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but does the United States have orphanages? Or did they? Or did they? Because, yeah, like you said, it was like 1953. Right. Okay, this is going to be kind of ridiculous maybe, but Annie was... I was thinking Annie too. But was that... That was not international. That was like a United States... That's hilarious. I was okay. thinking Annie too, though. That's <laughs> the like, only thing I can I'm think of. Sure, that. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, Laura? Mm-mm. No. Okay. okay. So were there... Fo- but there were also foster care homes. Different... Obviously, than an orphanage. Yep, your orphanage, you have multiple children. You don't have one specific caregiver helping and tending to your needs. Mm -hmm. Would you say, have you seen the movie, Annie? I have. And (laughs) would you say it's a true, like, I mean, hopefully it wasn't a drunk lady (laughs) at the orphanage. Yeah, is it like one adult figure that's basically running a company? That's like what an orphanage seems to me in my because of Annie, I think. Like, I this is the story I have. I haven't ever gone back to the orphanage. Oh, okay. Um, my mom has gone back because she used to take the babies off the planes. Oh. And she went back to South Korea and she met my foster mother and she went to my orphanage and everything. After wow. you. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. After okay. me. and um, How many times did she do that? She, she did it once. Okay. okay. 
And didn't bring home another baby. No. Okay. So so continue on with your story. We know that there's orphanages in South Korea due to the Korean War. The need to have a place for these babies to go was so high that orphanages were started. I think so. Okay. I'm not quite sure. Okay. Um, I know it was also too if... um, the mother was unwed. Oh. oh. And that wasn't my situation. Okay. Um, or okay, something so you, happened in the family. You were born to an unwed mother. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I was born November 3rd, 1980 at a clinic in Seoul, South Korea, now known as Republic of Korea. Okay. With a given name, Che Myunja. Myunja is my middle name. Okay. So my parents wanted me to still keep my name. It means bright light. Oh, I love that. Um, I became an orphan after birth when my bio mother abandoned me. I was moved into Angel Baby's Home Orphanage until my foster family took me in January 1981. Okay. So that was like about three months that you were in the orphanage? Yeah. Well, November 3rd. Yeah. And then I stayed in Korea with my foster family until I was flown to the United States of America to be adopted by a young Minnesotan couple on April 30th. Your parents? Yep, my parents. So you were in an orphanage and then a foster home mm-hmm. and then adopted. Correct. Do you know for sure that your biological mother abandoned you versus like it was a forced because she wasn't married. I I do know for sure because I have documentation from my post adoption. Okay. Search. Okay. And um they have notes and what they wrote. Like from the hospital? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the hospital. Um from what information they came mm-hmm. and found. Was the information, did the information come from the hospital or did it come from the orphanage? It came from, they spoke to whoever so they spoke to. So is this, a, is it difficult to not be able to answer that very just matter of factly to not, to not know? To not know. Mm-hmm. I mean, do yeah. you feel like that's something that bothers you or um, well, since I started my post-adoption search and everything, the information is very slim in what they have. Sure. So I'm, I just take that information and just run with it. So you have yeah. to be grateful for what you can get, mm-hmm. the information that you can find. Exactly, because they don't have like really they didn't they stopped taking the paperwork or whatever or keeping records after for the hospitals after 20 years. So they keep the records for 20 years and then they just start getting rid of them. Mm -hmm. Wow. That would make it extremely difficult to find out anything then. Okay. So you are delivered to an unwed mother. She has to leave the hospital after having the baby. Yeah. She left before they could really ask her any questions. She left. (sighs) She left. She left on her own. Okay. She abandoned me. Yep. So you use the word abandon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Was it because she was a single mom or was it because she was young or was it because she just didn't think that she could do it by herself? Um, that's what they said okay. in the notes and stuff. So um, it, for our listeners, just because you can't see what's happening here, Laura actually has a file 
of notes with all of this information. And that is how she knows what happened to her. Right. I mean, yes. so yep. and, yeah. and I will share too, Laura. So when we are my daughter um, was in a foster home for a very short time before her biological parents were able to take care of her. But then she came to us as a foster baby after they were not able to continue to take care of her. So we had Brielle as a foster child before we adopted her. What is that? It is very nice. But her file is a lot bigger than yours. And I think that I just want our listeners to know that you don't have a lot of information at all. Mm-mm. And uh, I mean, my file, it's like inches In, thick. Right. And you have papers. Yep. Yeah, they just didn't have... They didn't How really old keep were it. you when you started this journey? And I don't... Maybe we're jumping ahead, but I kind of feel like it's okay. When... Yeah, how old were you when you started your post-adoption journey? Uh, It was in 2021. So, so COVID years. I mean, I always started, always, you know, I've done all the DNA tests, the 23andMe, you know, to try to find any kind of family members. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of third cousins, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But there was never any hits. And then I had some friends who told me about looking up post-adoption stuff through the agency that was adopted through. Okay. And I went that way route. And so how old were you then? Do you, it was 42, 42 years mm-hmm, old. Yeah. Okay. So, or if, well, was, I would have been 41 or. 40. Okay. So yeah, older than 20 yeah. and you said they only keep documents for 20 years. So they had gotten rid of most of your documents then or, mm-hmm. and, or, there wasn't a whole lot because your mom just left the hospital. Correct. Yeah. So okay. she, um, what they had said about my biological mother was that she um, had met my father, or what they knew, she had met my father on a bus. She would take the bus to work. Uh, they had a relationship. Okay. She ended it. When she found out he was married. Oh, okay. And she was pregnant. And um, she just wasn't able to take care of me, a single mom. Right. She only had like... And probably a little uh, bit taboo that that it was through an unwed relationship and uh, that he was cheating on his wife. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that her education in high school only made it to, like, middle school. Okay. Okay. So she wasn't really able to provide, but she wants me to go to a good family. And you did. Mm -hmm. You did. Yeah. So you said that you were adopted by a Minnesota couple. Yep. Okay. But your parent, do they have any... You have siblings. Yep. I have a brother, Josh. Um, He's a year older or a year and a half older than I do am. And then I have a younger sister, Rachel, who is about a year and a half younger than I am. Okay. Um, they're both adopted from Korea. Okay. Um, they're adopted from different parts of Korea um, areas. Okay. Did your parents go back to Korea to adopt them or were nope. they brought here? Okay. Yep. Yeah. We, we were all brought here. Okay. Stuff. Okay. 
and taken off the plane. Do you do your parents have any biological kids of their own or just the three adopted just, children? Just us. Okay. Um, they couldn't have kids. Did they ever tell you why Korea? Um, my dad, I not really, but I know my dad, my my grandfather was a pastor, and my so he's like a PK and okay. stuff, and they would travel the world and stuff while he did his missionary stuff. Okay. Um, and I remember him saying, like, they were there before and liked it. Yeah. Okay. Are your parents Korean? Nope. No. They are Caucasian. Okay. My whole family, like my cousins and everything, blonde hair, blue eyes. Wow. Except your brother. Except for my brother sister. sister. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was something we talked about in a previous episode, and I don't even know the episode. I would have to go back and look at it, but we had talked about how I, when after we were fostering Brielle, we fostered a couple other babies, and one of them was black, and we decided that we did not want to move through to continue to foster him and adopt because I didn't want this baby to be judged because Brielle looks so much like my husband and I that she would be able to tell her own story. What are your thoughts around this perspective that I'm having? Because yeah. you you were with Caucasian parents. Oh, Did yeah. you ever feel like you didn't belong? Of course. Okay. All the yeah. time. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, Minnesotans, strong Scandinavian yeah. So you got the blonde hair, blue eyes up there too. Oh, like all around you, not just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did the community that you grew up in have some diversity in any other way? Some. Okay. Maybe a handful. Okay. So then how was it important for you to learn about Korean culture and Korean beliefs and other, like be with other Korean people? So um, I... They in Minnesota, they actually there's a high population of adopted Koreans. Okay, and they have this camp called Korean Culture Camp, okay. and I w- we would go there every summer for a week. We would like eat the food, do the dancing, okay, do the heritage, mm-hmm. um, and that was pretty much it. Um, so, how did you feel when you went to that? Did you feel like? Yeah, this is my people like and a sense of belonging. The, yeah, did you f- feel be- like you belonged there or was that different too because it it might be the culture that's runs through your blood but it's not the culture that you're growing up in. Correct. Yeah, it was it was different because it was like kind of I think more towards the traditional Korean okay. stuff. Okay. Um so it was were people from Korea leading these camps? Yes. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and That's then you would good. have um, kids that were families that were also like, so like a parent, like a, a kid could be white mm-hmm. and because their sibling is adopted. So oh, they right. Could come and everything. Oh, okay. cool. Okay. okay. So there maybe were Caucasian yeah. siblings at camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I end up taking, my daughter ended up going there. Oh really? Yep. When she was younger and everything, and now my sister camp son. does the camp still exist then yes. now? Yep. Oh cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about going and helping at it? It's back in Minnesota, so, so it's a little bit dry. Too far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so beyond that one week camp, though, I mean, so what you had like 17, 18 weeks in your life growing up Mm -hmm. or or were there other times that there weren't really any other times do you Um, wish there would have been i mean not to like yeah no judge um, your parents i'm just curious uh in minnesota it's really accepted for koreans adopted and stuff Mm -hmm. so i was always you said there was Mm -hmm. quite a high population yeah so um i didn't like really think about it until like later on in life where I'm I mean I always had like a longing or you know was felt like I was missing something okay um just being connected with someone of an Asian descent or anything Mm -hmm. so so then you started on this post adoption journey Mm -hmm. tell us what that was about and how that first what made you do it yeah the there's this yeah was to it, even begin the journey yeah oh i've always wanted to know okay i've always wanted to know ever since i was little did you ever talk about that with your parents when you were younger wanting yeah. to know i might have thrown it out like you're not my real parents kind of <laughs> stuff, you know <laughs> brielle yeah. if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh just um, dagger to the heart <laughs> but i mean that but, brielle has so, said that recently like just but you're not my real mom. I am your real mom. But you're not like in just trying to understand in an eight year old brain like what yeah. this all means, right? And, and how yeah. did your parents handle that? I mean, and I mean, it's not because good. Jess wants to know how to um, handle. But, um, yeah. Do you remember? Like, did they allow you to say, "I want to learn about my birth family"? Or, um, yeah. I mean, they're always open about it. Okay. Um. They knew that it was probably going to be a very hard, slim chance for me to find out anything okay. about my biological family. Okay. Um, Have some, your siblings been able to find out anything about theirs? Um, my brother wouldn't probably be able. I guess if they were looking back in records, they might be able to find my brother's stuff. Okay. Um, my sister, she has... She came from a family. Her father was an alcoholic, so she was given up. Okay. She does have sisters. Okay. She has not wanted to look. Okay. Right now. I um, love hearing all the perspectives, right? Like she mm-hmm. that doesn't matter to she, yeah, her. She right? has no interest really. Okay. And then my brother he's um PTSD from his story. He sure. was um little, like a toddler when he was left in a house. Um police found him went to an orphanage. He had a hard time connecting with kids Mm because they were always adopted. The younger ones were always adopted. So, um, Oh, adopted out. mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they, and he was older Mm -hmm. and okay. So he would make connections and then they would leave. Yeah. Um, okay. So you decided you were going to dive into the journey. What made you do that in 2021? Um, I was just like kind of connecting and talking with past client of mine, who's also Korean. She's mm-hmm. currently living there now. I was actually, you know what? It happened at one of your self-care things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nicole had a reading that I was supposed uh-huh. to be at this Jung Jung waterfall. Oh, wow. So I have self-care listeners. I have self-care nights at my house, which oftentimes entail group meditation or a sound bath for healing. But sometimes they include 
readings by mediums and that is what Laura is referring to. A medium told mm-hmm. her you were supposed to say it. Supposed to go to this waterfall in Korea. Supposed to give me some answers. And it Did just, you go it, to the waterfall in Korea? It was like chicken and flights and <laughs> oh. all that stuff. And then, yeah, it was during COVID. Right. And, yeah. yeah. But it ignited this mm-hmm. fire inside of you that apparently has always been burning yeah. to find yeah. out more. So yeah. then what did you do? Um, so that I contacted my friend, she was talking to me about that stuff, about the post adoption places and everything. Um, she actually did call a, a hospital for me too, to see if there was oh. any records. Cause they asked for me to call and I'm like, well, I can't speak Korean. So. Right. Oh, right. There's a language barrier. Oh my God. Like this isn't easy. You this can't is... just call someone up and mm-hmm. get and then, answers. This is a process. Exactly. And then I've also heard, you know, when you go back as an adoptee, Koreans know after talking to you kind of thing, it's not really desirable, but it's oh. kind of, yeah. Oh. There's wow. kind of like a stigma there. Okay. Interesting. That was like another layer of. So then, what was the first thing you did? Um, I contacted um, this company or my adoption agency about it, and then I waited. I had to wait a couple months, mm-hmm. and they got me a uh, post-adoption worker. Okay, oh. um, Kelly, who I've been. Oh, there's so a post-adoption worker. I just yeah. I wouldn't have even yeah. known. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a. I feel like she's like, a, like social. a social worker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she'll contact me every like three months or four or five months whenever she hears back from Korea. Yeah, from my, (laughs) um, well, they couldn't find my biological mother, but they found my foster mother. So Okay. Is Kelly from Korea or is she from the United States? She is Korean. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does she live in Korea right now? No, she lives in Minnesota. Okay. So, but she can help you with that language barrier then? No. No. (laughs) They have a translator. Okay. There's a translator then. Yep. Oh my goodness. So you reach out, you find Kelly, you meet Kelly. She's helping reach out to the orphanage or the hospital to try to find any connection. Correct. Yeah. To this little baby. Mm-hmm. And what was found? Um, what was found? Um, that information about my biological mother. And then... They found information about my foster mother. Okay. They said Laura's foster mother is um, took care of two foster babies in 1981, including Laura. She lives still lives in the same area and the same home phone number, oh, so wow. I could talk to her on the phone today. She remembers Laura's Korean name and was happy to be contacted from us. Would you tell Laura to send some photos and letter to her foster mother since it's been past more than 40 years it'd be good for the foster mother if laura can send photos when she's little along with recent ones her foster mother's in mid 80s she was born in 1938 and lives by herself now so you got information about your foster mother that you lived with for four or five months and she remembered you Mm -hmm. you okay so you sent pictures you sent letters and then I know Laura because I know Laura. (laughs) She did finally hear from her Mm -hmm. foster mother. And I don't, would you be willing to read that letter, Laura? Yeah, I can read that letter. It's so, it's powerful. Well, first of all, it came to 
well, I'm assuming you got, I hope you got it translated. Yes. Because, and maybe if it's okay, we can share a photo of this on our social media because it was written in Korean Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it had to be translated. So I actually got a letter from the foster mother, mother and the youngest foster sister, her daughter. Okay. Youngest foster sister. Who also remembered you. Yes. So this is a letter from the foster mother. I'm sorry for such a late reply. I became 85 years old already. This might be my last time writing letters because I cannot see well and hear well and so on. It's November 11th in 1938 by the solar calendar, my birthday. I didn't forget about Che Myunja, and I think about her often. I lost my mom when I was six years old, and I have lived with my stepmother since eight. Since eight, I had a hard time, and I cannot say all. I gave birth to two sons and three daughters, a total of five siblings, and they grew up well, are married, and live well. I'm very thankful that Che Myunja has a good step-parents and lives happily. I cried a lot sitting on the floor in the airport after I dropped off Myunja. After that, I did not go to the airport. I said goodbye to the babies in the office. I could not help adoring the babies. You were crying on the old lady's back and going away. At that time, I could not hold my tears. I am so grateful that Mianjoy has had luck in meeting people, so you have a great step-parents. All I want is for you to live well. I'm already 85 years old. Time flies. My letter writing is not good, and I do not know how much longer I'm going to live. I see your letters and pictures well. Please be healthy, and I'll pray that your family is blessed. I've been going to Catholic Church since I was 18 years old. These days I cannot go to church due to my condition. Please say, take care and be healthy to your step-parents for me. Take care. And that was Friday, November 8th when I got that. So, and she's referring to step-parents as your adoptive parents. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this is from the foster sister. Hi, I am the youngest daughter of my mom. I was in fourth grade of elementary school when you came to our house. At that time, I was young, but I remember your appearance, your smile and your baby bobbing, and so on. You're a very cute and a beautiful baby. Mianja, when you left for America, we were sad and upset, so I cried. My mom cried a lot after she sent you away. I remember what she said at the time. When she gave you to the person who was taking you to the plane, you started to crying a lot. After she sent you away, she sat on the floor in the airport and cried for a while. After you left, she no longer took babies for fostering because sending them away was heartbreaking. We did not forget about you. We've been talking about you while we live our lives. We pray that you meet good step-parents and live happily. I got your letter and saw your picture, and I was thankful that you're living well. My mom has grown old. She has diabetes and weak legs, so it depends on it. And so she depends on a cane, but she goes for a walk at least once a day and eats well. Mianja, in life, sometimes there are hard times and you feel unhappy, but those are just moments. You will, there will be memories after time goes by. We will live to be happy. Please live happily and be brave again, the world. Your daughter is so pretty, so are you. You look happy, so my mom and I were happy. Let's work hard to be more happy. To be happy more. I will pray for you. Take care. That 
I don't even have words for how precious those letters are. And what... What did it feel like getting them to you? That I was loved? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is there a reason why they couldn't adapt you in Korea? I'm not sure. Okay. Because I don't know if that's like a a legal thing within Korea or, you know, in 1950. No, 1950. (laughs) (laughs) I was going back to the Korean War. Yeah, Yeah, in the 80s, if, if... there was just different laws around that. Are those the only two that you have? Or have you heard from any, like the other foster child that they had at the time or the other siblings? Um, these are the only two letters I have. I've written back um, thanking them for the letters and very grateful to have them mm-hmm. share and be or for them to share their life with me and everything. Did, did it give you any sense of, like you say, the sense of not belonging? And like, did that, he did getting these letters heal any of that for you? Or, um, yeah, I feel like they, it did. Cause I knew it was, you know, very, like, you know, one in a million if I have, got a response from my biological mother at all mm-hmm. but if i did get a response i wanted to thank her for you know giving me up oh mm-hmm. wow. you know yeah um i don't have any ill or anything towards her mm-hmm. she just was doing it to give me a better life because of her situation mm-hmm. so there wasn't enough information about her to even find her mm-hmm. is kelly still working on that um it's there's it yeah, closed, okay. closed for yeah. that. So okay. we're just focusing on like my, my foster family. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, still haven't heard. I'm guessing my foster mother's passed away. So You're not I'm sure on that. Not sure, but okay. I'm very thankful that I got connected with her before she did yeah. pass. Did they send you any pictures? I know you said you sent them pictures. Okay. No. I mean, I think there's an old picture of my mom and my foster mother. Um, from when she was in Korea. Wow, okay. Laura, is there anything else that you have tried to do to heal? And do you feel like it's even fair that I'm saying heal? Do you feel like you needed to heal? I feel like I did. Okay. There was always like that empty void. Yeah. You know, not knowing where you came from. Yeah. Um, So that sense of loss we were curious about. Circling back to the beginning of the episode when you had mentioned that the reason why we wanted to speak to adoptees is to find out if there is that sense of loss. I I felt like a sense of loss, you know, this kind of emptiness, this like not knowing what I'm going to look like when I grow up or, mm. you know, the mm-hmm. doctor's office. I don't know any of my health stuff. I'm adopted. You yeah. don't have any of your health records. Yeah. I mean, I, no, 
like for past history for mm-hmm. parents, you know, if they say, you know, is your diabetic or okay yeah 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 okay so going back to have you done anything else then to to help support yourself in this journey yes um i there in madison there isn't really that much uh really any kind of um asian networking or asian kind of things that i could join okay so i created one that um, is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's called Amazian for Amazing Asian. Amazing Asian. Amazian. Amazian. Yeah. Um, and we meet on the third Wednesday of every month um, at World of Beer currently. We're looking to expand at different locations within the wow. community um, and just kind of network and mingle with others. Um, who are Asian mm-hmm. only? or nope. who and is, yeah. everyone is invited. Okay. Um, just a diversity, diverse group of people and everything. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been, that's actually has like filled my heart. Yeah. yeah. Meeting new people and with other Koreans or other are some of them adopted? Um, our friend Mari. Is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And um, there's actually a Korean a, a CAD group, a Korean adopted uh, group in Madison. Okay. Oh. Um, and I just group Facebook page, and I posted about doing some kind of pool party. Oh, cool! Fun. This summer, so we can meet with other Koreans. Yeah. Um, How big is this group? Uh, Amazian? Amazian, yeah. Um, I'm constantly still building it up and everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about maybe 30 Whoa. to 40 people. That wow. Um, but yeah. That is Just so learning about different Asian heritages or food or... Wow. Um, we're going to be doing... We're going to be having our year anniversary in September. Location to be determined mm-hmm. but we're gonna have dragon dancers cool oh awesome yeah because it's gonna be celebrating the harvest moon awesome that's amazing so it's kind of brought you a sense of peace then yes yeah yeah good for you for like reaching out and kind of finding what you needed to fill that like you said you felt like there was kind of something missing yeah to fill that yep i've do you have any anything else to share for either parents like Jess and I who have adopted or adoptees like our children mm-hmm. or parents that have, that have. So my, so, um, we always celebrated the day I was adopted or mm-hmm. came, I mean, I've flown to the U S so okay. that's April 30th. Um, but yeah, celebrating your adoption day with your child mm-hmm. is fun and special because mm-hmm. that's, the day that you guys mm-hmm. or some people became parents or so that to the felt family. important to you mm-hmm. growing up yeah yeah do you celebrate that with jude jess oh yeah yeah okay the i we got celebrate you as much as we can yeah <laughs> it's different for us because we have two days we have october 8th is when brielle finally came to us full time in September, we were um, doing 50-50 fostering with grandparents, but October 8th was like the full time. She's not doing 50-50 anymore. Mm-hmm. And then May 17th was our, is our adoption. adoption. Yeah. Nice. So, Laura, did you celebrate the day you arrived and adoption day? Is no, that what you're just, saying? Um, we just did our arrival anniversary. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do all your siblings celebrate theirs as well? Um, 
Well, it's more acknowledgement now since we're older. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's um, still acknowledged yeah. now. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then also if you adopt a child that might be of a different race yes. or mm-hmm. from international, I recommend find out about their heritage and mm-hmm. have them, you know, learn about it mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. because... I mean, it would have been nice for me to learn more. Sure. Okay. What about for Jude and Brielle being the adoptees? Just love them lots. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And just understand that, you know, you might go through those, you know, ups and downs, you know, because the, they know they're adopted or yeah. right. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. They're, if they get upset and say, you know, you're not my real yes. mom, <laughs> don't take it to heart. Right. We're just trying to figure out our own selves. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you for coming to share, to share your story. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. We always end our episodes with a quote. And today our quote is actually going to come from Laura. <laughs> Um, this is a quote that I created myself when I was finding my why. Um, to help support, inspire with a generous heart, so then we can create a community where everyone feels like they belong and are valued for with their own unique sparkle. Thank you for listening and being a part of our community. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to connect, we can be reached at podcast from there to here at Gmail. We We hope hope you continue continue on this journey with us. us.